0: being a friend travel down the road and back again your heart is true you're a pal and a confidant picture it, los angeles
1: 2023 welcome to out on the lanai the only golden girls podcast you're ever gonna need to listen to i am h allen scott slash
0: sadie pines and i'm carrie doherty
1: you need an AKA. I said it during the episode, but I think you I need know an AKA, anything just even if it's like Bob. Um, and this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it. But we ran out of those episodes and then we broke down the Golden Palace. And guess what? We ran out of those episodes, too. And now, Carrie, what do we do?
0: Whatever the hell we want. That's right. I like it better when just you say it.
1: You know how uh, I, I, that's had, I had like this lady from um, a John Waters film when she's talking about eggs and she's like, eggs, I want
0: eggs, eggs.
1: And I try to do it in that voice.
0: I love it. It sounds like very much like a John Waters character. Yeah. Uh today everybody we are doing another golden topics episode where we talk about unforgettable stories and lessons on the golden girls and how they tie into our own life experiences and today's episode is a very special one we're talking to april kimball aka black blanche who we met at golden con this year who is absolutely fabulous we talked about the Black characters and storylines on the show um, and sort of what her thoughts are from her own lived perspective. And we just had a really great conversation with her and sort of talked a little bit about her persona of Black Blanche <laughs> and um, and sort of what she was doing at Golden Con. And she's just so lovely. And I love her TikToks. She, yeah. um, she basically, what she does is she inserts herself as like a black golden girl into scenes and then sort of gives her commentary as if she were a character in those scenes um and so we'll definitely link to her TikTok and instagram and they're they're just really great and to watch
1: yeah and i would encourage everyone because we talk about this too that you know the, the conversation of race can be a very sensitive conversation so i would encourage everyone to approach it with Humility and a little sensitivity and an open mind and just be ready to listen and hear a different perspective that you probably don't hear. However, there is one podcast you do hear it often. Baird and Kay from So Good, we named it. Oh, did I did I fuck it up again? Did I fuck it up again? Did no, I
0: no, okay. you didn't. You know, I no, say, you it, got I say
1: it. the title of the podcast seven different ways, which is so horrible to me, but they are as they I love their tagline because they know that we were the first golden girls podcast so they say. we're the first golden girls slash golden palace podcast hosted by black host which I think is so funny such a funny line to say for it's just so funny they they're fantastic so also listen to them, because they are a great podcast that, that talks about the golden girls from a wide perspective of experiences
0: right exactly
2: yeah
1: oh my god it has been a week we are so sorry last week for not doing an episode it is completely my fault I want to preface this by saying I am fine but some of you know some of you don't my dad passed away it was um surprising news and so last week was a bit of a of a clusterfuck so so we decided to not do an episode, but I did want to thank, oh, Case and Kay sent a beautiful thing of flowers, but I also want to thank the Golden Girls fans who saw, I posted a thing sort of sharing my complicated relationship with my father on Instagram with a clip from Titanic, because I would always joke whenever, I had a joke in my act for years, whenever I would talk about like family jokes and stuff, um, that the last film I saw with my dad was Titanic and I would take a beat because everyone would think he was dead. And then I would be like, oh, no, he's not dead. He just, he just, you know, we just, we didn't talk after the Titanic. Like (laughs) we had very serious differences on Titanic. And I always knew he would appreciate that joke because he and I had a very, very similar sense of humor. He was a complicated dude and we didn't get along very much, but it was, um, I shared my thoughts in that post of sort of how I'm processing this very complicated moment. And so many people, but particularly Golden Girls fans of the podcast and just people in general came through with, just really wonderful messages and sweet words and it, it makes me so it feels so good that so many people have a similar experience, because you know when a parent passes. The default is you're sad and you loved them and it's it's a mourning. but for me, the relationship to it is a bit more complicated and i'm 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 um, it, it, it sort of warms my heart to know that, like. Other people have a similar experience with their parents and maybe complicated relationships with their parents, and they have shared their experiences on how they processed a moment like this, which I'm now going through. So I'm very grateful for that from the fans.
0: Well, I'm sure I can speak for all of us, all the Golden Girls fans in the Golden Girls community when we say that we love you and and. Mm Um, you know, any any pain that you're feeling or, or going through, I think we all collectively feel it together and that it was really nice to um, come on this Zoom today when we were talking uh-huh. with April and to sort of see you laughing and, you know, we were kind of having a good time and having a good conversation. So yeah. um, I'm it's, glad it's that to, everybody kind of...
1: It's nice to have that distraction and it's nice to... Because last week I thought I could pull it together and then... I remember I was in <laughs> I was texting with Carrie and we were texting about the episode, what we were gonna do and stuff, but I was also sharing the news with Carrie and I was like, No, I wanna do it because I wanna be distracted because there's nothing I can do to change anything, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um and so I wanted to do it, but then I was doing <laughs> I was in a I was doing an interview and I was in the middle I was in the beginning of a meeting for the interview and I because of scheduling, I had to say what had just happened, which I had not sent out loud, and all of a sudden the floodgate started and it was like I became very distracted and emotional and sort of like, and it was very unprofessional of me. So it was in that moment that I was like, you know what, I need to take the week off this, I need to end
0: everything.
1: Yeah. So that's what I did. And I'm really grateful to be able to do that. I'm grateful to mom because I mean, you know, we just joined mom and I was very, I was, I did wasn't worried, obviously, but I was, I wanted to, you know, I hate taking a week off when we just joined this fabulous new network that we love so much. So I'm thankful to them for understanding and yeah, it was a. It was. I feel very. Um, feel very loved right now. I feel like I'm at the last episode of The Golden Girls, and everyone's hugging me, and I keep leaving and coming back for more hugs.
0: Yes, this is us. We're just we're dragging you back with our sort of love, Golden Girls gravity, just reeling you back in, even though you've just married Lucas and you're <laughs> threatening to leave. We're and gonna I'm open a hotel and off. make you return for two episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you wanted to also talk about because a big thing that's happening in our world is the wga strike
0: yes so um similarly as you know as as people in the golden girls community i think have been you know reaching out to you with with words of support and love um i've i've gotten some similar messages about um you know what's sort of been going on with my union right now which you know is the wga the writers guild of america um our union is, is on strike which means that No writers are working right now. Shows are shutting down. Um, You know, writers are, you know, losing jobs and losing income. Um, You know, we certainly didn't want to go on strike, but we were forced to. And, um, you know, for for anybody who doesn't know, the, the strike is over negotiations with the studios. And the studios are the ones who pay. They pay for writers to write scripts for television shows. They pay writers to write scripts for movies. And... These studios are making millions and millions and billions of dollars off of the hard work of writers. And while the CEOs of these corporations are just getting richer and richer and richer, uh, you know, pay for writers has been in decline for the last like 10 years. Even though our guild has rules that are supposed to protect us in that way, they find ways around them um you know we wouldn't have the golden girls if it wasn't for susan harris and her brilliant you know her brilliant crew of writers um and and i I think i
1: think think needs to be acknowledged because i think this is the sore point that i think a lot of people don't necessarily understand especially outside the industry is the role streaming has played and how streaming has upended the the hollywood industry really in a lot of ways and so previously writers have gotten pretty healthy paychecks from residuals. Not like amazing. They're not like rolling around a big dough and stuff. Some of them are. But like some of
0: the no residuals can be good, can be good money. So
1: what I'm saying is that looks like they're not all driving around in Bentleys. Like it's a way that writers make a sustainable income for years to come in between jobs, residuals, but because of the ad driven uh, market of the residuals process, meaning the commercials you watch on TNT when you watch an episode of The Office, more and more people are watching the office on peacock now the rules that the wga under their under the current rules that they have for residual payouts aren't necessarily applicable to the new world we're living in with streaming and so all the wga is asking for is an update to the way we watch television right now and the way we process mm-hmm. writing right now that's all they're asking for that that the that, but because a lot of these streamers don't release numbers and they don't release the same sort of numbers that Television stations are required by law to release. Then they are saying, "Well, we don't necessarily want to pay that." That's what the studios are saying. At least that's what the WJ is saying. So it's an interesting conversation, and it, it's I think a lot of people need to recognize that, like when you watch a show on streaming, somebody's not getting paid a lot of money who wrote that show. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Exactly. And and you know, and there there are other ways that, um, yeah, like you said, streaming is different in that episode orders are usually shorter. You know, with a network show, you're doing 22, 24 episodes a year. A streamer, you might only be doing eight episodes and writers get paid per episode mostly. So when you're doing 24 episodes over nine months of work, that's, you know, you're, if you have a couple months off because your show ends and you don't have another job, you're going to be able to live off of that. But when you're working, you know, when you're writing eight episodes of a show over six to nine months, like when you break it down, you're really not making much money. And and yep. i do think that it, it is a very volatile um unpredictable uh, there's no job security in, in, in being a, a a tv writer or a screenwriter and so those safety nets that we sort of have in those savings accounts that we're able to sort of kind of keep some money in if we're not working for a couple months, that's, that's pretty much it's starting to go away. Um, yeah. There's definitely a misconception that, you know, writers are just a bunch of rich nerds. And sure, some are, some have really good deals. But right now in our guild, which is about 12,000 members, a lot, most of us are really just scraping to get by. We're losing health insurance. Oh. I lost my health insurance. Um, I'm lucky enough that I was able to get on Stan's health insurance. Actors are kind of in the same boat right now. So like we may be without health insurance. Well, and And, you know.
1: A really good story to sort of illustrate the numbers a little bit that I keep hearing go around, which I think is so interesting. I forget the writer's name. I'm so sorry. But there was a writer on that show, The Bear, the Hulu show, The Bear. And of course, that was a smaller room, a smaller order, smaller, all those things. And at the end, that writer basically left, you know, the year's work with $30,000. Now $30,000 spread out over a year is only $2,500 a month. The average in a big city like Los Angeles rent is going to be at least $2,000 a month. So that writer is not only having to live off a very small amount, but then also on top of that, they have no idea if the show is going to be a hit. They have no idea if the show is going to lead to another job. They don't know how long they're going to be out of a job. Sure, there's unemployment, but that only supplements so much. And so what can that writer do to be able to make a sustainable life with in an industry where they're actually the studios need them you have to have writers in order to have stories and productions to be able to be made movies to be able to be made so right it's a real thing i mean thirty thousand dollars is lower than what a lot of teachers make and it's it's uh it's kind of a and that's we're not talking about the showrunners here i mean they're also hurting but we're talking about the everyday writers the people who are doing the grunt work on a lot of these shows they deserve to have a yearly wage, if they put in a lot of work on a show that Hulu made millions off of the, the 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 what is it called the bear? The bear was a huge hit. And the people who made that show aren't necessarily seeing the residuals and the numbers from that show from the work that they put into it. Hulu is Disney is
0: right and 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 that's what and that's what the writers are asking for collectively the writers are asking for two percent every every single writer is asking for uh, all twelve thousand of us just want two percent of the profits that That they're making that's what we're asking for the people with whom these projects would not even be the ceos are not writing scripts they are not making this stuff happen um, so and it, it, this comes down to all unions. We need to support all unions. We when teachers go on strike, we support teachers. When IOTC, when the Teamsters, everybody goes on strike, we support them. But I have had some people ask, hey, how can we support the writers right now? Um, I know a lot of our listeners live in Los Angeles. If you're in the LA area and you drive by a studio and you see writers picketing, honk your horn, honk for us. We love the honks because the people inside hate the honks.
1: Can I tell you, you, I I also hate, I I want the honks to happen. I I think the honks are important, but I live right by Netflix and all I hear all day long, Monday through Friday are honks. (laughs) That's
0: all I hear. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm fine with it. it. It's there. There, there's definitely there are there are casualties uh, outside of the the studios um you know you can uh you know you can always bring pizza or bottles of water you know to the pickets lines this is a big ask but if you really wanted to stick it to them you could cancel your streaming subscriptions I know that's a real big one um but you can also you can follow um, on social media the WGA west or east you can repost their talking points and help spread awareness. Even if you just follow me on social media, I today just uh, posted a clip. I'll post it again. Um, there is a fund uh, that um, it's it's almost like unemployment for people in the entertainment industry. So if they are, you know, uh, unable to pay their bills right now while they're out picketing and waiting for the strike to end, they can. It's a fund that they can dip into to help pay their bills. Um, and some people are selling T-shirts where the funds go directly to that. You can donate directly. Um, But I just want to thank the people who um, have reached out to ask kind of more about it and and what they can do to support writers right now. Because, again, without Susan Harris and the brilliant writers behind the Golden Girls, we would not have had the Golden Girls. And you know, uh, writers are incredibly important.
1: You just know that Dorothy and the other girls would be out there picketing just like they did when they were trying to save the dolphins. They would be out there with the writers saying crazy things and Blanche would probably punch a studio executive. Blanche would probably knock him in the face. I'm just saying.
0: I I think so. I think Rose would like accidentally find her way into the building and like by the end of the episode she'd somehow like become a CEO. Um Can you yeah, see what I thought about making like a
1: writing. This is how writers we're come writing. up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: so we could
0: Yes. Let's take a quick break and then get into our conversation with April because it was just, it was so great talking with her. I love her. April Campbell, thank you so
2: much for being here. How are you? You're welcome. I am fantastic. Very glad to be here. This um, is like it's so it's gosh, when was we, Golden Con? This is this, this has
0: been like a month at plus in the making where we met you and, and we were like we're hundred percent gonna have you on the podcast and then yeah, we did it and you're here. I feel
2: like it's been years in the it making does. and I'm you know, just like you, yay. it
1: really does feel like so much time has passed since Golden Con. but in reality it's only been like yeah. a month. But I feel like I have lived a year since Golden Con. Like yeah, I've aged. Been. Yeah. I mean, you don't look yeah. at
2: I've aged in black. Well, I've aged in black years. So yeah. that's different.
0: So you've lost so. time. You've actually gone backwards.
1: Yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically. I, yeah. I suffer, I suffer from the chronic illness called whiteness. So I have aged in a very forward facing way. You know, the wrinkles come. Well,
2: I can't tell.
1: I mean, good. You might
2: as well get that DNA test. Yeah, oh. get that DNA test done. <laughs> April, no, this is you so. i not going to just be oh. all white.
1: So we met last year for the first time at Golden Con and what I fell in love with you because of what you do and what you represent for the Golden Girls, I think, fandom in a lot of ways, because it's a lot of like GG VIPs out there talking about the Golden Girls and doing the things and we've had them on the podcast over the years. And, you know, it's it's there's a lot of us out there talking, but what I love about what you do is you really sort of contextualize a part of a conversation that sometimes can be uncomfortable for some people. And I think you are such a perfect conduit to be able to initiate that conversation. You know what I mean?
2: Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like I say things that other people may be thinking. Well, mm-hmm. Black people, because white people don't usually think on it or other people of color. But it's like, like we're here and we are like there's so many black people when betty white died you would have thought that it was like okay mother betty died and it was like we're gonna have the wake and the funeral and repass and all of these things and i don't see us celebrated as a part of the fandom and i also don't see when we talk about the guests that are on the show other than when it's just really controversial opposed to so many highlights that were there and looking at some of the missteps like i listened to your mixed blessings episode from 2016. And it's so true. You can't have this conversation without having some pieces that feel uncomfortable. And I like to take those uncomfortable parts and laugh and make them funny.
1: Yeah. Because I think that's so, so important to be able to, I feel like a lot of people's, well, I'll just, I'll say it as a white person. I feel like a lot of white people's responses to any sort of like, not criticism, but a different take on something that we know and love, which is the golden girls it there's an immediate sort of defense that comes up or there's this sort of like. Absolutely. Judge with the thing that I love, because I love it so much and I don't want it to go away and that's perfectly understandable that said. yeah, I think and we you and i've talked about this before, and I said it during the live show that we had at golden con as well that. I have always believed this This is my firm belief that the the problem of racism is not the problem for people of color to fix it is the problem of white people to fix because we created racism and I, I firmly believe that yeah. and I think That when we have these conversations these uncomfortable conversations about like the golden girls and the rep- the lack of representation on the golden girls. It isn't an attack on the golden girls, because you love the golden girls just as much as we love the golden girls you're just saying. Yeah that this is my experience watching this show growing up with my community and the way that we've reacted to it. And it's perfectly valid. And we should know and hear you.
2: Thank you. I completely agree. It's it's difficult when you are saying that with an and and not a but. Yes. And people only hear as though it was a but and they only hear the negative piece. But there are so many like parts of our culture that do have both good and bad. And we can mention and celebrate and also say, okay, this part's not, this part's not okay. And last year, your rusty anchor dress, I think that is what made me completely just fall in love your take on that rusty (laughs) anchor dress. I just remember glistening through the stage and thinking,
0: i got to have something like that. When it <laughs> <is>. <laughs> well, speaking of, let's it. talk about, tell, it. <laughs> tell the listeners for, for those who were not at golden con, tell us about your amazing Blanche mm. looks because you, you had some like deeper cuts, which I always appreciate a deeper cut, like look because it really goes to show that you are a mega fan of the show. So can we talk mm. about your looks tell, tell yeah. everybody what you sort of
2: golden con. So I I wanted to find looks um last year based on first I did it kind of okay what can I find from thrift stores or from wherever that would really go based on certain episodes and so that's how I look, I got my looks last year and I'm I call myself black blanche mm-hmm. um I like to say you know April Deverho <laughs> but people can't spell Deverho so
1: yeah, you I know, when I was day. when I was looking at drag names and I was struggling because I did not have a good drag name and there was a moment there where I was going to go with Deverho, But people, people could really. Yes, people, people Harper Deverho or something I was going to go with. But people could not like wrap their brain around it. And it was too meta and too deep. I mean, we would love it. You and I love yes! it. But people outside of the yes! world, they don't
2: know. <laughs> they don't know. They can't spell it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's too difficult. But this year's looks. I said, all right, I have time today. I have time. So that's when I went for my, okay, Jer- we're going to impress Jerry Kennedy. And I hot blue gun, all of those little jewels on there, on that black wow. little $12 thrift store dress. Wow. And my dress from um, meeting with Fidel Santo Domingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fidel, this
0: Fidel Santiago.
2: Yes. I, I got that one. That was also a, a thrift store find. All of my all my stuff's thrift store finds. And I really I was aspiring to do the one where um I almost said ham and potatoes, ham lush bow, where she oh. had that white dress mm-hmm. and that one was too difficult. And my other one that I really wanted to do if I can do this next year is my Case of Libertine Bell. That is my favorite oh the gosh and
0: yes black. oh yeah. i love that one and,
1: and we'll post all the looks send us pictures and we'll post all of the looks on our social yep. episodes, the looks that you did this year at golden con and last year send us anything you want
2: i will i'll definitely send it because i'll be stalking y'all and i'm glad y'all are stalking me a little <laughs> yes oh my gosh we are
0: stalking you um speaking of golden con you had a panel at golden con and it was about sort of black fandom and golden girls right
2: Yes, yes. Can you sort um, of
0: tell everybody what how that panel went down? I'm so bummed. Yeah. I feel like it happened when I think H Allen and I it was like that block of time when we were having to get you into drag. And so there were so many things that we were unable to go to yeah. because yeah. of the because of the 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 prep time. but and um, I haven't been able to
2: post the full video because I got kind of lost in the editing, but I'm gonna post it at some point. and that one was great. I had Katrina um, Parker from Quirky Pop podcasts and our all-time favorite Aaron Scott from Gospel Golden Girls uh, theme song and yeah so last year when I first really started on the Golden Con all of the inner workings and kind of backstage stuff it was um, when I, I reached out to the organizers and I was like hey I was in TV guide for my love of Golden Girls back in back in the day and Two thousand and one. Can I be a part of things like just however you need me? I'll volunteer. I just want to be a part of it. And they said, "Sure, we'll let you do a panel." And I'm like, "Okay, what am I going to do the panel on?" And Brad was fantastic. um Bradley, one of the organizers, we, mm-hmm. we've grown really close. He was like, "If you like whatever you want to do, we'll let you make it happen." And I was like, "All right, this is an opportunity because I I, I want to talk about this." And so I did something similar to that last year, but this year having. Um, these other two people who are bigger in the fandom, I was able to just kind of ask them those questions where how does it feel as a Black person who enjoys the Golden Girls and how has your family and friends reacted? Because I've had lots of different reactions that aren't always great. Oh, really? From people saying, yeah, oh, absolutely. They're, oh my gosh, why on earth would you love the Golden Girls? Um, You're a, a, at the time... Um, a young black woman. Cause I had my golden girls fan club online
0: yeah. before
2: Facebook and all of those things. And so that's how I was found by TV guide. And I, I, yeah, I do get asked that. Why would you love these old white women or what people would th- send me the Confederate flag episode?
1: Oh yeah. Is that, was the criticism based on because of the lack of representation that the golden girls had?
2: Yeah. But the way that some people see it is it's not like friends. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, if I loved friends, it would be like, traitor. But Golden Girls, it's like, you can like it okay, but the level of obsession that I have is like, mm-hmm. you have nothing in common with them because you're young, they're old, you're black, they're white. I feel like, you know, I'm talking to Lorraine right now. things, <laughs> But yeah. it is, it's that, that difference. And even me doing the panel and asking the questions that I asked when I posted about the panel on TikTok here come the people saying, why did you have to segregate the fandom? Mm-hmm. And this was white people with those comments. Why would you do that? And, you know, it it feels like a lot of times, and this could be some, you know, other races, because I don't like to speak for BIPOCs. It's too it's too big of a, yeah. a you know, a, a group. I always say, what about BIPOCs? Put white people in there and do the BIPOCs and let the black people figure yeah. this out sometimes. But yeah. they they do ask those questions of why would you bring that up? And when I do my my parody videos as the Black Golden Girl, I'm asked, or it is very defensive. And so I wanted to see how other people's takes were. And that's kind of where the the panels came in. And it was, I, I felt like it was really good questions. And I do ask people who are of other races and ethnicities in the audience, because I'm not gonna speak for them either. How do you guys feel with the Cuban episode or with yeah. any episodes that had other people represented? and just hear their take. It's nothing but, it's kind of like you said, where, all right, let's, we love the show. Like, it's, it's almost like people are afraid to say anything. Yeah. Maybe viewed as negative. For the show, but I didn't really like this part. Or even a Jewish person, I was surprised when the, they said, oh, the doctor's Jewish. And she said, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And she seemed kind of ashamed to say it.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, it's so poignant, I think, what you said about how white people specifically on TikTok responded the way they do, because that, that part of it is what makes me so sad, because the genesis of how Carrie and I came together is that we come and we look at the Golden Girls from two very different perspectives. I mean, sure, we're both white, but I'm a queer person, you know, on the gender spectrum, and I don't have the same outlook in life that maybe Carrie does, has a cisgendered woman, and who's straight, and that's the beautiful thing about the Golden Girls is I think everyone knows Women love it, and their gay best friends know it, and everyone accepts that. Yes. But when it comes to the conversation of different marginalized groups of people enjoying the Golden Girls, but also even just me being like, "Yeah, that gay joke was not—that's uncomfortable," or the way they handled Phil sometimes, it's uncomfortable. Like those little, yes. those little moments where somehow, because I'm a white queer person, it's okay for me to say that because they don't want to like be called homophobic for me saying that or for calling out the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. but. If a black person, specifically a black woman, says anything critical, all of a sudden it's a defense. You have to you have to call out this yeah. one and say you're wrong. You're not seeing the big picture. And it's like, well, why is it okay for me to criticize it, but not this other marginalized right. group? It doesn't make sense. And I think I'm
2: applauding for that.
1: But I think we need to acknowledge that. And I think yeah. you don't need to acknowledge that. I think me as a white person needs to acknowledge that. That like I see that happening. And maybe I didn't always see it happening because we've evolved over the years, but we should call it out and say it's bullshit. And mm-hmm. yeah, the responsibility yeah. of white fans, I think, and this is segregating, but it's a responsibility of white fans to then call back in those comments and say, you're wrong because of this. It's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you say you, you post what you want to post. It's not your responsibility yeah. to correct all these white people who are yelling at you.
2: Well, I get my friend Trey to do it. He's like kind of my bulldog and he's a... <laughs> a white gay male and if i sometimes i'll get scared of white people going off and i just don't feel like the back and forth i've worked in before i um started kind of making golden girls and this persona my thing i've worked in early childhood my whole life and most recently at pbs and Hmm. when you're a lot of times the only black person in the room you you do get nervous and you get scared you don't want to make white people angry because then you have kind of that ire and so it's like, okay, let me get this white person who he can like he's emboldened and he will he will throw it at them. It's like yeah. I'm like, Trey, someone said something to me. Would you please help me? Yeah. <laughs> it will go on. Yeah. And 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 he'll say it. I don't ask my spouse. She's a black woman and I don't want yeah. her to get jumped on. But YouTube, I had to have her filter through my comments because I cannot read them. Yeah. I'm going to be white splained to death with paragraphs of oh, why she's yes with mixed blessings especially that episode and just any other episodes because i take it from a black perspective and it's all in fun and parody and they take it extremely serious and it's like okay um, next time you should do blah 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 and i this was before i stopped commenting and i said you know what maybe you should get your own show and you do your own thing because i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna but it's that huge defensiveness of no, they weren't racist. They weren't talking anything about race. It was only about age. I am like, why is the show called Mixed Blessing? <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Well, and we got don't
2: talk about our mixed grandbabies.
1: We got a lot of flack for when I remember during the height of um, Black Lives Matter, during the pandemic, George Floyd, all of that moment, Hulu made a big, I think it was Hulu made a big deal of taking down.
2: It was they were they were overcorrecting.
1: Yes, they took. And and we made did an episode where I believe we just said, listen, this is not. I mean we need to have this conversation as white people like we need to be having this conversation and whatever hulu does they do but we should be listening to how other people are expressing their views about this episode people who have lived this experience people who understand this experience in a way that maybe i haven't because i think every white person has said or done something ignorant in their life without knowing it even the golden girls in the writer's room with the writing it was just I was just talking not to humble brag, but I was just talking to Kihi Kwan about this new show called American Born Chinese and he was he plays a character on the show. That in the 80s and 90s, it was a very stereotypical Asian character, which the Golden Girls also had with the gardener during the whole Sophia episode and that Mm -hmm. that bit and it played on tropes that are offensive now.
0: But at the time, Jim Shu, remember. I couldn't. Yeah,
1: and and sure they were offensive then too but the tone and the inclusiveness and the awareness was different then so what was so so interesting to me about my conversation with key is that he said we shouldn't place blame on these people we shouldn't cancel these people we shouldn't throw these people out for doing these jokes or making these things because there really was no ill intent it was just a lack of awareness that now it is the responsibility Mm -hmm. of us to say that was wrong then it's wrong now let's do different going forward. And let's listen to people. That's all it is. That's all we yeah. need
2: to do. It's not that I, Yeah, that's all. Like we all, we all have laughed at things that would make us cringe now yes. that we laughed at in our past. We've all said things that, man, that may have been a little racist. With an asterisk, Black people technically can't be racist. Y'all yeah. can let me down that hill. I don't care. But it is true that yeah. We laughed at things. And even, you know, when you're watching something with a different lens, now that you've grown and you've seen things differently, it's like, oh, maybe that caused harm or that yeah. wasn't correct. But that mixed blessings episode, that's why I have a video where I'm wearing quote unquote white face. It's sour cream and uh, cream cheese. But <laughs> I, like, you know, put myself in the video and it's like, th- nobody thinks you're black. Nobody thinks I'm white. This isn't white face. This isn't black face. Yeah. I know what blackface is. Yeah. Okay. We know what blackface is when it is something that is very intentional. And this was, it's kind of a reason why I do love Golden Girls because I felt like it transcends a lot of time and it transcends some of these tropes where it may have not been like, it was a little cringe, but when they, when Sophia made that Raising the Sun line, the mother was on a Raising the Sun on Broadway. It was, it was intentional. Like when she came in, is this the castle Raising the Sun? But of course people are like, what? And Brad was the one who reminded me of that from Golden Con and I'm like, oh wow. So that adds another layer to it where people want to be enraged for the wrong thing. If you wanna be enraged, let's talk about some other stuff. Let's get, you know, some equality going before we're gonna go and attack the Golden Girls, which that episode is back up because I do feel like white people got scared and said, Oh my gosh, we have so much time at home during this pandemic. Man, we gotta watch these black people being killed. We've been being killed for years. This is this, nothing is new. White, black people were tired. We were like, nah, don't come for golden girls, come for stop killing us. Yeah. Like th- that's the basics right there. Yeah. Not a hard ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a hard yeah. ask. Not a hard ask. Don't yeah.
1: Hard, yeah, exactly. No, it's so, it's so, I think that's such a an important part of the conversation. And just also. Acknowledge. And it's and it's OK. This is another thing, too, that I think is so important because I had this conversation with my mother about how it's OK to be wrong. It's OK to make a mistake. Yeah. It's OK to, you know, say something that you weren't aware. And and everyone, for the most part, knows the intent is not bad, but it's how you react when someone says that's wrong or I'm offended by that. Mm-hmm. That's the action. And for so long, I think we've reacted in such a dramatic way because somehow it's like an affront to us. And it's like, girl, just chill. It's fine. Like it's okay to exactly. be wrong. It's, but people are, I think, genuinely afraid of being canceled. And so they're, they're afraid.
2: afraid. I've, yeah. I've true. had coworkers. Yeah. I've had coworkers before where, and it's it always feels embarrassing for some reason for me to say some of these stories, Yeah, but they happened and it's like, no, these are real people. And I'm from Alabama. I know real racist people. Mm -hmm. it feels like being in the Maryland DC area it's more like a you know kind of underneath racist Mm -hmm. and totally different but I have people I can't believe someone thinks I'm racist no one thinks you're racist but like you don't know who I am I have black um black nieces I have a black cousin okay I can't be racist slave owners had black family members that that didn't change that they were they were racist but when you put golden girls in the mix it is it feels like there's this line in the sand between for me it feels like between black fandom white fandom other fandom when if we did open up the conversations the way we're having this conversation now if we if we can still all celebrate we can all dress up together but we don't have to me pointing out that something seems a little racist doesn't mean just cancel the whole show just cancel
0: Yeah. And that's not what you're saying. And I think like, and we've talked about this, that one of the greatest things about the golden girls is how like warm and welcoming the community feels. And, you know, you can't say like, yes, I am a hardcore golden girls fan. And I am all about that welcoming and that sense of community to then turn around and give shit to a golden girls fan like yourself Who's just pointing out things that like, yeah, we could have done a little bit better. And like, this is my lived experience through the lens of these episodes and these characters and the way they were portrayed on the show. And it's like, that's, that's part of it. That's part of being in the Golden Girls community is to be like, yeah, you know what? 100%. That is that is your experience with these characters and we need to listen and we need to yeah. take it in. And I just, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like when people just get really, really just so, so quick to be so just defensive and feel like they're being personally attacked. It's like, yes. she's not coming for you. That's what, <laughs> that's she's the part just part pointing right something out. It's that
2: part that personally attacks part. It's that part right there where it's like, that's when they have to comment and they have to comment the paragraphs when that's, uh, oh that's yeah. the personally part
1: yeah it's I mean and I
2: do I'd love
0: to oh sorry go ahead
1: oh no I just wanted to say one one quick thing and then yeah we should definitely move on um but there is one aspect of it that I think is so interesting I remember I heard a conversation once about how we about taking back the the, the word racism and and recognizing that oftentimes like what you're doing you're not saying the writers of the show are racist you're not saying right. that the person delivering the lines is racist you're saying that the line or the intent of the scene or the intent of the moment is racist. Racist is not necessarily an all-encompassing thing. It's not an attack on you as a person, but yeah. you can still say and do ignorant racist things that then fall yes. out. So it's not saying you're racist, it's saying what you're saying and doing, or this act or this episode or whatever it is, is racist. And we should have a conversation right. about it. And not being so hard up on the word because it's just a word.
2: It's just the word. When I said that uh, Becky was being fat shamed, everybody jumped on that. They was like, that's right. Yes. The fat shaming piece. Let me have said it different and said another piece about this part was racist. Then, then it's a totally different story, which that's where I don't get it. It's like, I can be praised for pointing out that she was being fat shamed, which I I'm putting, you know, a spin on it from today's time, just like I am with the black episodes. But when I say fat shaming, it's like, Oh, congratulations. That one was perfect. But you say something about race and that's when heads explode
0: And it's a double standard. Yeah. Like you can't, yeah. yes, you can't be like, yes, for one and no, mm, no, 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 no. For another, just because of the way it makes you feel in a sort of like gut check reaction. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Actually,
0: I think, I think we should take a little bricky break. Ooh, and come back yeah, with some more... Fabulous conversation with April.
1: We're do some episodes. We're gonna go deep. We're gonna go deep.
0: And we're back with April Kimball, aka Black Blanche looking gorgeous on our Zoom. (laughs) Um so I would love to know um about your Black Blanche aka Blanche Devereaux which I remember when we met and we were standing in the hallway outside of the giant room at Golden Con when you told me that I, I think I actually like laughed out loud in joy at hearing the words Blanche Devereaux it made me laugh so hard I loved it. Um Thank you. why what was sort of the 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 seed of that uh, character when you sort of decided to create her and then where are you hoping to take her?
2: Hmm. Well, black, black Blanche or Blanche Deverho actually came out when I was doing one of my panels last year, and it's like I just kind of thought about it. Which I mean, we let's be real, Blanche was kind of a hoe, yeah. you know, slut shaming, slut all that, whatever. No, she was kind there's of nothing ho- wrong now. with
1: being a hoe. There's nothing wrong with being. I a
2: know, hoe. like I was a hoe before I got married. It just some yeah. some of us have like wholeness in us, and that's yeah. just how it is. And so I was like, oh, Blanche Deverho. And then this year I really wanted to drum up some kind of publicity and I thought I'm gonna go viral. It did not happen. I don't know how to go viral, but I I got my first Talkie account. I got my first Twitter and I'm like, I'm gonna be Blanche Deverhoe and I'm gonna do these videos. And I never realized how hard it would be to like do videos and edit them and like actually write for them. And so that was the whole point was to get people to come to Golden Con Mm-hmm. And after Golden Con, I was like, well, what am I gonna do with my life? Um, I got laid off last year and after a hundred interviews, like I was like, you know what? God is saying, you should be blanched Overho, April. Um, I to go back into corporate yeah. America. And here I am, I'm blessed enough to have a spouse who is supporting my dreams. And I'm hoping to take her to new heights and more videos, And aspiring to write. And I know, Carrie, you said, as a not an aspiring writer, I'm a regular writer because I'm writing. Yes, Um, if you
0: that that I I stand by it 100%. If you write, then you are a writer. There's no aspiring, you are a writer.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I'm hoping to write um, more and get um, some perspectives out there for our older ladies, our Black older ladies that could be like the Golden Girls. I think about you know, some kind of melanin in instead of golden with with yeah. the take. And yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun Any of the videos that I'm doing there. I, I don't like to hear my own voice under normal circumstances, but those videos I actually watch and I laugh at them because I'm putting my grandmother and mm. my aunts and my mother into like one person. Yeah. And like, that's what it is. It's literally what it would be like if a black woman was on the golden girls and her take on it. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun, like with Lorraine. Um, oh, her name Lorraine. Uh, she sounds <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that is exactly uh, what we would say. Like, great thought. The videos are very, very moves.
0: funny. We're, we're a hundred percent going to make sure we link to them everywhere because they're <laughs> you just be, just be on your TikTok or your instagram and you're just watching and watching and watching and like it's really fun to have that character inserted into a scene and just and the editing just all of it like i'm 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 here for it i'm a fan
1: very drag which and that's something that i i could fully relate to i hate seeing myself in in videos and stuff like just me boy i just can't i don't i don't relate to it but i see me in drag and i could watch that all day i could see me doing whatever
2: yeah
1: it's just one of those things that like i prefer to see that because it's a it's a vessel of the things that I'm inspired by. It's my mother, it's Blanche, it's all the women that I reference on my Instagram. It's like every th- it's oh. all of those things that like I see in the things that I do and my mannerisms and the way I walk and like all of those things. So yeah, it's a it's a real thing. It's you should lean into it.
2: Well, Carrie, um did you did you mention that I actually thought that H Allen and Sadie Pines were two different people? <laughs> I don't think I mentioned that. I was so embarrassed. I've been following Funny. both not realizing that's like, so like it, it felt very similar to my yes my niece who is seven she, we watched RuPaul's Drag Race and I she she loves the show and she's like you know Rupert's you know Rupert on Rupert's Drag Race I'm like what do you say Rupert and Rupert's wife she <laughs> thinks that they're two different people she does wow. not know and I was like I thought oh, my my childlike little niece and then it's like oh I'm I'm her, I'm Kylie, that's wow. so funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I don't usually I mean, I, I sort of, especially these days, I relegate sort of all of my public energy to being Sadie in public. So if someone sees me as boy out of out, out like when I'm out in the world, it's very much a surprise because people don't people don't expect to see me out and boy. It's usually yeah,
2: people are going to be surprised to see that I'm younger than the wigs. <laughs> so, <laughs> now that that's like all my all my thing i'm trying to shoulder leg i put y'all as like you know close friends on instagram so you can yeah. see the stuff that i'm not letting everybody else see but i do that too it's, yeah it's, like it's, too. it's been
1: fun i do that. everything on close is sort of just like things happening in my life or politics or things that i just don't want to blow up because i'm just like i don't need the conversations i don't I it's right i mean you know this more than anybody that people can be very weird online, if you will. And so and so. I tend to I tend to relegate. I save the funny for the story and the important things that I care about. And then the close friends is all the stupid stuff that nobody cares about. The food, the things that I'm doing, the politics, you know what I mean? Like the things that like
2: yeah, important to me. Yeah, I had a full conversation with a spam account, did not realize it. And oh, wow. That was like two days ago. I couldn't believe I got fooled. Yeah, I was like, why don't you just text me like about this? And it was like, I can't text you. And I said, oh, no i want to get oh no well,
1: i want to get into the specific episodes or some specific episodes and talk a little bit about okay. that because I, I i feel like the fans are dying for your reaction to some episodes right carrie oh for sure yeah yeah so what if you had to pick an episode that you think is i don't know not the most problematic but the most like the one that you first were like hmm I don't know about that what what would it would it be mixed blessings
2: um mixed blessings it cringed me more on the age part hmm. only because it was like y'all know good and well, she does not look that old don't try to put her in the same lane yeah. as y'all oh, well, yeah, i thought we would have nothing in common you still don't like y'all are not close in age um i think little cringe things for me was like the shoplifting episode and they had a little black girl i was like oh, i be shoplifting let the white girl do it on her own or bring in another race i don't like that yeah i mean yeah kind of collectively when i look at a lot of times and there's nothing wrong with people in the service industry but most of the black people that are featured are service workers or homeless or you know shoplifters or prostitutes now granted there are white people in those as well however because there are so few of us that are featured with speaking roles yeah maybe i I can't remember i counted at one point it was like 12 to 30 i cannot remember exactly but it was a very small amount it it stands out more now yes there was a time where we got to be a professor on the jeopardy episode which was a dream and the judge episode yeah um the whenever they were you know marching for the the the, dolphin wildlife yeah yeah for the dolphins however it's disproportionately when i see that and the little things like when sophia says like I have some episodes with you um, that I'm going to be doing with Black Golden Girl where it's like, stop naming random Black people. Just, just there's a Black person, Marguerite. That yeah. annoyed me. It's like, no, your name is Margaret. I know you don't have an accent. Like, let's stop yeah. playing these white women. Okay, <laughs> that annoyed me so much because it was like, they hyped her up as this magical Negro and everybody fed into it. Yeah, And it's like, oh, Tootie was my favorite on the facts. Like, okay, well, you know what? Let me just say, Marissa Tomei was my favorite on Different World. Now we're both lying. Like yeah. no, we don't have to just name black people, but that actually happens in real life. Yeah, and I'm asked, "Oh, do you know when I was at University of Alabama? Do you know do you know Tiffany? Tiffany who? I don't know her last name. She's black. Do you have any idea how many? Oh my God! They're like <laughs> on this campus, and so that's how that that feels every time Sophia feels the need to mention a black yeah person, or it's like a little black guy pranced or this. It's like no, you just you don't gotta do that. Those are the cringe. It's not like a particular episode. I feel like they handled like the episode with um, um, the Alzheimer's, that yes. one was handled. It felt like very gracefully and with a lot of class. Mm-hmm. And oh, how, 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 I mean, there were a few- a,
1: a Black Dorothy. They found that woman, the daughter of- they, uh, uh, yes. Is a full on, Calvin. like he's a, she's a full on Black Dorothy. And I was so impressed she by is. casting in that episode.
2: Yeah, that was that was definitely the Black Dorothy. That one was handled with so, like a, a different vibe. I don't know if it was a difference in writers or directors or whoever was handling that episode, but it was very different than how, like there weren't a whole, whole bunch of punchlines. I mean, they have fetishized Black men a, a bit on their penis sizes. And I'm like, we're going to be real. Blanche has been with several of Black men. Like we're not going to play this game she has been with several of black men and yes she would have done um that cop that uh George Clooney she done, like she would have banged him and wow he, oh, I, disagree. Gonna, I disagree i can settle that
1: i don't think so. no no. <laughs> no
2: i mean i don't want to bring the bring up these old wounds, but no. you can no. care for somebody like a son and still want to bang him in blanche world like i it, don't it's, it's know
1: i don't know i think he, I, I I
2: love as, april has just
0: <laughs> april has just bridged the gap between <laughs> the, the between the she did not want to sleep with him she did want to sleep with him you just bridge the gap by saying yes. she can look at him as sort of a sun like figure and also want to bang him
2: <laughs> yes I mean you you'd you be looking at some of these young men at the church and be like oh have to see you. Okay, let me make sure you get your communion. But if it was a different life, you know, maybe I could be your wife. That's how it's going. I, you know,
1: I'm not going to go down that lane. I'm going to stand firm in my belief here. I'm not going to be one of those white people pushing back. But at the same time, I'm going to stand firm.
0: (laughs) All right.
2: You can can push back on it. But I do think when I look at the uh, different episodes, Blanche, she clearly was with a black man and she didn't like the times when she would want to say when she was talking about going to prom with benjamin benjamin was if he wasn't full black he was something he was a quarter black which he would have been bought a slave like the rest bought sold like the rest of us on that slave block he was something he was part i know she's been with some several i i'm curious about that that um what was it when she was like about that myth too is that a myth or not about black men's yeah
1: you know you know she had
2: your fair share of women.
1: Yeah, she knows. Just
2: like I know she's been with women.
1: I do want to ask you though, yeah, I believe that too. I do want to ask you about Marguerite because Marguerite I think is such an interesting conversation in terms of representation on the show and how you're right, she does play into that sort of a lot of the tropes that we've seen time and time Mm -hmm. again of sort of like fortune tellers or gypsies or any of these marginalized people that have played these characters in Hollywood for years and the entire episode. Played on those old Hollywood tropes of you know a lot of different things that that are now you look back at it and you're offensive. However, we still love saying Marguerite and we still love the jokes of Marguerite and then them how how Dorothy pronounces Marguerite, which is like an insane way of pronouncing Marguerite. So I, want-
2: <laughs> I still cannot say it that same way, but it is it's true. I'm I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Don't get me wrong. It's like we talked about earlier. I'm gonna watch it. However, yeah. Marguerite. Like in one of my videos, I said, Margaret, come here, you know your name, Margaret, stop playing around with these white people, they're going to deport you, watch, they're going to deport you, like you keep playing, <laughs> these magical Negro. they're going to deport you.
1: Yeah. But oh. What What are your thoughts on her portrayal? I mean, because on one token, she is a service worker and it is a trope that is offensive, but on the other hand, she's working to be a lawyer. I mean, there's, there's an advancement there that the girls almost well they didn't know but they they were ignorant of because they never even assumed that she was doing anything else outside of being a maid you know what i right. mean just
2: like right like the because you're cuban yeah it's yeah. it yeah. goes hand in hand i don't think margaret i don't think margaret got had a grito i don't think she grew I don't think, <laughs> in in the end i don't think she Why got her not? but
1: She's too busy painting where her.
2: did it go but wrong it- because margaret made bad decisions she couldn't even like sweep up just a little bit before they got home and then she had to make these elaborate lies just because you're an elaborate liar about these stupid painted rocks margaret you could have swept up a little bit you didn't have to like you could have fooled these white people a lot easier you found they found you on craigslist you did not have to do it that way but (laughs) i feel like margaret like she knew that they would that their I don't want to say racism, but she knew that their perceptions would play into it so that she could play them easy. And that's where it's like, come on. Like, and I've talked to white people who I'll ask, when you see something that's embarrassing that a white person does, do y'all say, oh, don't let it be a white person or, hey, y'all are embarrassing us. Y'all don't look at yourselves as a collective or so I've been told. Me looking at Margaret, it's like, you're embarrassing us. Yeah, That makes it worse for us. Because there is such a lack of representation
1: on the show. You're right, exactly.
2: Yeah, and so when white people see this, they are going to assume this is correct. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to have representation that is, you can have a Margaret, that's fine, but you also have to have a real lawyer. You have to have actual people that balance it out yeah. because it's not balanced out. People are gonna walk away thinking that that's, that that's real. And Margaret had no work ethic. We don't know how her studies were going. <laughs> I'm studying at night to be a lawyer. No, you're not. <laughs> I don't even believe that. Maybe a paralegal. And I can say that my wife is a paralegal. I don't think she was going to be a lawyer. Like, let's be real. But yeah, I think she did not do herself any Margaret, if you're out there, I would love it if you were at Golden Con. But yeah. She played. Oh, she I would know. love to
0: see Marguerite at Golden Con. We should I would love to see any black um mm-hmm. character at yes. Golden Con. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Um So April, I am dying to know when did you first discover
2: the Golden Girls and
0: what do you love most about the show? And even if you have a favorite episode.
2: Ah, okay. My, when I first started watching the Golden Girls, I was a baby. Um, probably probably. Um, I don't remember starting to watch the Golden Girls, but I remember always watching the Golden Girls. I literally remember watching the Golden Girls in the lineup of shows at night with my parents and my family and watching the new episodes. But I don't remember starting, you know, I, I don't like to say my age. I I say this year I'm turning Excelsior. <laughs> I, I had to Google it because um, I, I don't use numbers. I am very much Blanche. Um, so yeah. that's, and, yeah, HL and,
0: and HL and HL and Scott Slash Sadie Pines. No,
1: I don't talk about my <laughs> Yes, I'm, not, I'm a different, I, to me, right, like, I firmly believe in lying. You know what I mean? Like if one day you feel-
2: certain, <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. You were going just to say. say it.
1: Who cares? And who cares if it, who cares if someone's like, oh yeah, you're 30, you told me you were 32. Yeah, and today I'm 30, 28, deal with that. You know what I mean? Like
2: yeah. I mean, I had a 10th anniversary Super Speed 16 Vegas bash.
1: Okay, I mean- Instead
2: of turning 26, so- I think I love that it.
1: yeah, I think that's yeah. perfect. I think that's perfect. I mean, when I'm on my birthdays that's, I leave the country so that no one knows where I am. But yes, I mean, we all do what we need to do.
2: I, yeah, so I mean, we're blanching it. That's that's how we do. And yeah. I don't know, I I also feel like my family talks to as I would as I used to say our old people in that same type of way. Like my mom would talk to my great-grandmother the same way like they would go back and forth the way Sophia and Dorothy went and it would be like the quips. And we're just sitting there laughing. And it was like no disrespect, but I'm gonna disrespect you a little bit. And I loved every minute of it. And my grandmother, who she is still living now, not my great grandmother, she was born in nineteen oh eight. That would be impossible. But my grandmother, um, she's living, she's like, You you be watching your golden women's? You watching your golden women's? (laughs) You love them golden women's. And I'm like, yes, grandma, I'm watching. That is exactly what I'm doing yet again today. That is (laughs) that is my that is my life. And um yeah, I started my fan club when I was 19 and I got people just all over the internet that joined. (laughs) And that's incredible. Yeah. It's supposed to show you that buy me all the
1: it goes to show you that any of the pushback you've received or any of the people who even coming from the black community saying why are you watching this show because it's all just a bunch of white women it just shows you like what you and i've talked about with tv land and that one time i did something for them and they said a huge demo is black women and it's like there's a lot we don't know about what people are watching or why they watch it but the problem really is that there's no visible front to start the conversation about the types of people who are watching the golden girls it's always just Yes, white women and gay dudes and no one else thinks about anybody. Yes. Else. And it's like, that's why I think what you do is so important, because we need to have the larger conversation about the different types of people and how they react and love the Golden Girls, you know?
2: Yes, I agree. Thank you for that. Because even like lesbians, I never lesbians, lesbians? Yeah, Lesbian. lesbians, never like lesbians talking about Golden girls, but I'm one of them. And we're out there. And yeah. it's like, Maybe everybody's quiet about it or just, you know, other groups, straight men who have come to Golden Con. And Mm -hmm. I feel like they don't necessarily feel represented as much as straight men have had everything handed to them at Golden Con. They're like, I'm a minority.
1: I do love my my favorite thing, because so often I feel like I don't think this is just necessarily exclusive to queer people. I think it's exclusive to every marginalized person. You often have to like apologize for liking something or like almost preface this by saying you're sorry or being embarrassed because you like a certain thing or whatever it is. Whereas like the golden girls, especially at golden con when straight dudes are there or whenever I encounter a straight dude who enjoys the golden girls, they have to be like, I know I'm straight, but I love the golden girls. And it's almost like they're ashamed to admit it. And I love that the roles are reversed. I love that the straight (laughs) dudes have to feel a tinge of uncomfort that they might be judged by the homosexual or the black person for liking a show that isn't necessarily what a straight dude's supposed to like. It's a little bit of like reparations in a way. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of like- I mean, if,
2: if I give them 40 acres and a mule, that'd be great. But they certainly, <laughs> they certainly do. They have to, they have to tell you. I have never, like straight men are like straight women at gay women clubs. They have to tell you they're straight. Nobody asks yep. you, but you have to let us know yeah that's how like, are you oh, i'm are straight you? however
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah Yes. yeah okay that's fine <laughs> buy me a drink anyway i don't care like make yeah, yeah. like that thing happen which leads me to my favorite episode which is isn't it romantic from season two yeah that is my absolute favorite favorite episode and of course even with my favorite episode i think things could have been handled differently however it still was ahead of its time and yeah. it was phenomenal i probably like if i don't <laughs> It's like embarrassing to say to any other group, but my golden girls, people probably know, like if a lot of us go to sleep to the golden girls, yeah. I can no longer go to sleep to the golden girls because I'm now thinking of Black Blanche and what yes. she's going to do. However, I used to go to sleep and if I didn't have like my phone or TV or something, I have it memorized. So I would kind of play it in my head to mm-hmm. fall yep. asleep.
0: Yep. Yep. I've wow. done that. I've definitely done that before. A hundred percent. Which episode? Um, I mean I feel like the ones I know the most are Forgive Me Father mm-hmm. and A Little Romance. I feel yeah. like those are the ones that I
1: Libertine Bell. I feel like that's and one.
0: the and, and and the case of the Libertine Bell. But yeah. Forgive Me Father is definitely the one that I also you have to be careful when you go to sleep watching an episode of The Golden Girls because if you go to sleep watching one that you love at least for me i'm not actually going to sleep because i was like well i have to keep my eyes open and i have to watch it so i have to find this balance of one that it's like okay i feel like maybe it's like they're like less physical comedy bits i don't know but otherwise if i'm just closing my eyes and i'm having to like recite one then i yeah i think it would be forgive me father for whatever reason that one is
2: Dorothy's new friend, that's the one that that's the one that I will. Yeah, I'm going to sleep through Dorothy's new friend. I don't know how, but it always is the one that's the one that kicks off the the snoozing. Mm -hmm. The only one that I can. Yeah, I could see that.
1: I could sleep through most just because I can fall asleep to anything. But the one that I cannot fall asleep to be out of pure rage is the empty nest episode rage.
2: I think that's yes. all of us.
1: And I wait until the very end of the episode for Rita Moreno, EGOT winner, Rita Moreno to then say, "George, don't die." Oh my god, Rita, come on. I can't. I didn't no. even
2: get to that. No, she part. was better that than part. that. She's better than, get, that. Part. She's better than get, that. like that was I think that we all collectively just that's, that's the one thing that I could get any of the racists to like bond over is that episode yes. we
1: that's the unifier right there we all hate the empty episode i love that well april we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back with our golden takeaway which i know you're familiar with and uh, we'll go first so that you can you know think of yours but we'll be right back We are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. And joining us this week, of course, for our golden takeaway is April, our fantastic guest from today. We'll go first, though, so that you can think of yours. Carrie, do you want to start?
0: Okay. Yes, I think my golden takeaway from today is something I'm going to manifest, which is Golden Con 2024. H. Alan Scott slash Sadie Pines, Carrie Doherty, April Kimball, a.k.a. Black Blanche. The three of us are going to do something really fun at Golden Con next year, and I'm putting... I am putting it I know I need an aka I know I need to just start doing drag I need to be yeah. I need to find my drag king name. Yeah. Um we the three of us are going to uh I would love for us to do something at Golden Con next year and I'm putting it out into the universe right now so that it, it happens. Can. And also so yeah. all the fans can say oh a henny penny look i'd be down for that oh i'll make that happen and
1: i will no, I'll make i that mean happen. well no i feel like my boyfriend michael will make that happen because he's the one that's going to make the looks probably <laughs> he's the one
2: i'll just make the i'll make sure it goes on the program That's yes, one thing I can.
1: yes imagine. yeah yeah well and you'll be you'll be in it too and i will yeah. even though as you know blanche is my is the center of my attention for all of my drag she is a part of sadie in a collective way i will gladly be rose in that henny which makes that which means that that carrie has to be dorothy sorry carrie you have to be dorothy
0: i'm happy to be dorothy i, mean, I feel that like that is
2: blanche's <laughs> when um, not, need, when not. and then we
1: got you dorothy you need a rose because rose's outfit was so good too. you need a rose that yellow or no no she was in red what was she in i forget no
0: but, she was in like i think she was in like white and yellow right yeah
1: no i think <laughs> that was that was blanche was in the yellow if i remember that was
0: that was blanche in the white and the yellow
1: yeah. And then Dorothy was, was black with the vest, the weird ass vest that would look like something from, yes. Sesame, you know, like that. Oh,
0: and I think, I think record. Rose was kind of like orange and yeah. tan, maybe with some mm-hmm. colors.
1: Regardless, <laughs> I will gonna make it work. I will be honest, for sure. Okay. My, my golden takeaway from this episode
0: is y'all
1: need to stop being so pressed. I mean, we, we as a community, and I, what I love about our Golden Girls community is that it is for the most part, fairly positive. I mean, there's little things that people get pressed about, but like, for the most part, people are pretty positive. But one of the things that I found is the rest of the internet is not like that, which is why I love the Golden Girls community. But we know the people who do get pressed. They're friends of ours, they're cousins, they're brothers, they're sisters, they're friends of ours, whatever they are. So maybe have a little conversation with family members who might post unhinged comments on videos that have nothing to do with their lives and is not a threat to them (laughs) and tell them, you know what, you really don't need to be a part of this, or you don't need to do that or maybe just like say something positive or lead with something positive I don't know stop being so pressed. Or say
0: nothing (laughs) at all. (laughs) just Keep scrolling.
1: That's okay too that's totally okay too so April what's your golden takeaway.
2: My golden takeaway is something that was said earlier and so i'm going to take sadie slash h allen and carrie to be my other bulldogs and not me not have to take things personally and actually comment on all of these negative comments and let y'all do that work for me when people are you need to, and even wow
1: no, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now because there people say crazy things about me all the time. Whether it's about being fat or Jewish or gay or drag or I'm a groomer or all of these crazy things that are going on in the world right now, and people are responding to drag queens in very dramatic and ugly ways. And one of the things that I've learned real quickly out of all these years of doing everything that I've done is that it's never about me. Anything someone says, it's never about me. It has nothing. It's a reflection of them and whatever hate or life and something it's something wrong that's happened to them or something that is just sad about them. And so I tend to use filters. I utilize filters on Instagram where I block keywords from being allowed to be posted in my comments and I monitor to make sure that things are okay and stuff. But for the most part, I just blissfully let it be and try to lead with love and tell people we're leading with love and laughs here. That is all we're doing. theres We're not going to be this negative, crazy talk and i think you can just i love that let it be let it be it because it's not a reflection of you it's a yeah. reflection of them
2: yeah definitely let it be um gonna keep writing and, and making things happen and letting black blanche and the black golden girl go to new heights and my goal is to have every episode where a black person is in it mm. where i'm somehow interacting with them
0: oh i love I love that. I- I love that. I love that. Well, April, thank you so, so much for being here today. Um, And where can all of the Golden Girls fans and Out on the Lanai fans find you? Because they do need to go to your Instagram and your TikTok, especially to start watching your videos if they're not already there.
2: Yes. So on the uh, socials, the Instagrams, the Tiki Talkies, Facebook, um, I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is just my regular name, April Kimball. And everything else is um Black Blanche. The Black Blanche. So it's the Black Blanche. Blanche. So if you um, come
0: across other black
2: Blanches, it is because you are the Black the, Blanche. Yes. E. So yes.
1: The. Oh, oh. not
2: yeah, just the one one. E. I'm not Meg Thee stallion, just the one, <laughs> just the black Blanche. Oh, and yeah, that's yeah, huh. that's that's me. Um, or if you type in the black golden girl. You'll find yeah. me as well. I have my YouTubes that I'm trying to figure out, but my shorts, oh. they're they are getting some views, but it's the same stuff going through. So yeah, yeah. find me, like, subscribe, follow, whatever the, the kids are saying these days. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs>
0: well,
2: they around. absolutely should.
1: Stick around because we're going to do some business and then uh, we're going to do a Stay Golden. So don't go anywhere
0: uh yes thank you all so so much for listening today we will catch you back here next week for more golden girls greatness
1: and you know that we are now a part of mom the moguls of media so please go support mom plus and all the other fantastic podcasts that are happening on mom you can also follow us on social media at golden girls pod on twitter out and i official on instagram golden girls pod on facebook and i am H Allen scott sadie pines on everything
0: and I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid, Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us wherever you get this podcast. Because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up. And the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of Golden Girls fans.
1: Okay, April, this is where you come in. Okay, so just one second. We're going to get to it. And as always, rem- remember. All
0: together We're now. all going to say stay golden. Ready? Golden,
1: okay, ready. One, two, three.
0: Stay golden! Stay golden! You. <laughs> You're so